have your Bible. I'm hoping that tonight in the lesson that all of you can learn some really great lessons tonight. I was so excited tonight. I have never seen my outline yet. I've never looked back to see if it was up there. Not in eight years, ten years we've been doing this. I've never once looked back to see if it's up there. I was so excited tonight to see it up there on the screen, and there it is. So they put that on a 40 by 40 screen in big letters. They put that on a 5 by 5 screen in little bitty letters. And I'm struggling to read it, but I don't need to. If you have your Bibles tonight, Exodus chapter number 34. I want you to notice some real lessons tonight. Roman number one in the outline, notice this. Uh, God renewed his covenant with Israel. Now, remember this. If you have your Bible, turn, if you would, to 3410. I want you to see this. He renewed his covenant. Keep in mind, they didn't listen. They didn't learn the lesson. And they lost this whole group of Israelites, lost the promised land. They never made it to Cana. They just circled around. God led them in circles. They never really got to beat their children did. They listened. They learned. They didn't lose it. They gained it. But you'll notice, if you would, in Exodus 34, verse 10, and he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels. He said, I want to remind you, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I know that what you did was wrong. Notice this in the outline, A, Even after their gross sin of worshiping the golden calf Aaron made, God forgave them and still wanted to work with them and bless them. Now, there's a reason for that because somebody interceded. It was Moses. And so tonight, I want you to learn this. As you're you're reading, remember this. There are people all around us that do things that are wrong, and God could give up on them, but you and I stand in the gap and pray for them, and the Lord says, okay, I'll give them a second chance. That's why we learn to intercede. That's why we pray for people. And folks, tonight, it's imperative that you and I learn to intercede for people that are wayward, for people that are struggling. Uh, uh, we fellowship in the lobby, we fellowship in here, and we find someone that's having carrying a weight, pray for them, intercede for them. Moses did that, and God forgave this children of Israel, and you'll notice, and he decided, I still want to work with them. <clears throat> but you'll notice if you would be in the outline, God said he would still drive out their enemies and bring them to the promised land if, if they obeyed him. Look at verse 11. <clears throat> Observe that which I command thee this day. There's your word, listen. Behold, I drive out before thee, and he lists all the people he's going to drive out. Then notice verse 12, take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. So the Lord said, look, what I want you to do is make a covenant with me, that you'll follow me, not with the people. They listened but didn't learn. Notice with me, if you would, he says this. Verse 12, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whether thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee, but ye shall destroy all their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves, for thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. The Lord wants you to put him first. 
And so he's trying to protect us from praying to a golden idol that can't answer. He's trying to do do for us something uh, to protect us. He doesn't want you to pray to a God that can't hear. It's got eyes that can't see. He knows that. But the world says, oh, I'm going to pray to, the, uh, to, to, to Buddha. I'm going to pray to the, this God or that God. They can't answer. They're not real. And so the Lord says, I want you to break down the idols. I don't want you to make any covenant with the people. I just want you to worship me. He said, I'm a jealous God. I'm trying anything I can to keep your attention to talk to me so I can answer your prayers, so I can bless you. Now, notice if you would, one, be one. They couldn't make a covenant with the inhabitants of the promised land. Notice two, they were not to worship any other God. That's what we just read. So he said, look, I want you to go into the promised land. I'm going to take you in the promised land, but I just want you to be uh, to follow me and me alone. Now, notice if you would, Roman numeral two, God rewrote the commandments for mankind. The Ten Commandments are known all over the world. They're not just for Christians. They're, they've been published in schoolhouses. <clears throat> they've been published in <clears throat> courthouses. They've been published all over the world. Remember when Moses came down from the mountain and saw the golden calf, he had the, uh, uh, the actual finger of God written on stone, Ten Commandments, and he threw them down and said, what are you all doing? They all broke. So you'll notice that God had him come back up, and he said, I'll rewrite them again. So that's what he does. Notice, if you would, uh, in verse 28, uh, he says, and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, in, in the middle of the verse, and he wrote upon the tables of the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So he brings them back. He's writing them again. Uh, you'll notice if you would, and I want you to see this. This is important. Um, a, God spoke to Moses over a 40-day period and again gave them the Ten Commandments. Notice B, Moses was in God's presence the whole time. Now, you're going to notice in verse 29, we're going to read it in a minute, his face shown because it reflected God's glory. Now, there's what's called the Shekinah glory. It's the glory that's about the Lord. In other words, there's there's the glory of heaven, and there's uh, the glory of the sun and the moon, but the Shekinah glory is about God. And if we anybody that gets close to the Shekinah glory for a while, it affects you. Moses didn't know it. But his face shone with that little bit of glory. So he's walking around and his face is shining. The people can't really look at him. He had to put a veil on his face while he talked to them. Notice, if you would, verse 29. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hands, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Notice. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. So they kind of shied away from him. I'm sure he's trying to figure out why, why, are they, why are they getting away from him? Why are they backing up? Well, notice, if you would, see, the people could see Moses had been in God's presence. Now I want to pause just for a minute. Our face doesn't shine when we've in God's presence visibly. But there is a countenance about Christians 
that have been with the Lord, that have learned to walk with him, that have got the peace of God in their heart. Uh, They're not worryful about things. You know, I, I want so badly to have the joy of the Lord all the time. But I just seem to slip up with the things of life. It's no excuse. Daniel went before the Lord three times a day, and the Bible says he had an excellent spirit all the time. And the people noticed it. That's what I want to have, that excellent spirit. It's not just a positive spirit. It's a joyful spirit. It's a spirit that's good to be around. And folks, everybody in this room, all of us, we got to learn this lesson. Uh, it, It is important that all of us learn every day, 24 hours a day, to do our best to have this excellent spirit. It comes from being in the presence of the Lord. We learn to deliver our burdens and our worries, and we learn to leave with the peace of God in our heart so that there is a joy in our life and a bounce in our step because we're not carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. And so the way we learn to get rid of those weights is coming to Him and and deliver our burdens and pray about it and say, Lord, I'm going to leave with you and get up, and I'm going to go serve you. We can't change anything anyway. And I'll give you an example. I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but the playground. I knew we've got to get that playground inspected. Started working on that in May. Excuse me, April. I was putting pressure on Dominion. you got to close. i got to have the money for the playground. We had spent all the money we could on the equity line, and we couldn't spend the $175,000 more to do the playground. But we needed to have it done before school opened, before the kindergarten opened. We don't have any place for the children to play. And so we had to have an inspection. They want to come out and inspect the playground, inspect the buildings. And so, uh, please, Dominion, you got to close. you got to close. The, the contract said April 28th. We didn't close till May 26th. But I couldn't change it. If I'd have spent more time with the Lord and said, Lord, this is your problem, would you take care of it for me? It's a problem only you can solve. Then uh, we started working on the playground. We got the money, finally got everything going, started working on the playground. And, and the, the, the playground's important for uh, the inspection process and to open up the school. And, 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 and you know, the, the point is, is that, Lord, you've got to do something here. So they start working on it. And then, like I said, they lost the, if somebody didn't order in time the padding underneath the playground grass. And they said, we don't know what to tell you, Pastor we can't put the grass down because we don't have the, the padding. And we don't know when it's coming in. That's when I began to pray. Because there was a dead end that no one could solve. You couldn't yell at anybody. There's just no solution. Lord, now can you help us? Why do we wait till a dead end? Why don't we just turn it over to him and say, Lord, I'm going to give you this problem. It's a potential problem. I don't know what's going to happen. But, Lord, would you watch out for it? And then have a joyful spirit and not worry. The Lord worked everything out at the end of the day. Same thing happened with opening this building. We got the inspection on Friday afternoon in order to have the opening this building. It's like, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't trust you. Folks, notice D in the outline. 
The people's confidence in Moses as a spiritual leader, and this is for every man in this room that has a wife and family. This is for every mom in this room that has children or grandchildren. The people's confidence in Moses or in you as a spiritual leader was enhanced because they listened and joyfully obeyed everything he said. I'm going to joyfully obey the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord with this issue. I'm going to turn it over to him, and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to leave it over to him. Lord, would you help me with this? Tonight, this is an important lesson for all of us to learn, that the children of Israel saw Moses as a greater leader because his presence was obvious. He had been in the presence of the Lord. And the only way you can see that really is that joyful spirit that spirit that refuses to have its smile wiped away because of pressures. And, and look, it, whether it's being school or whether it's college or whether it's high school or elementary school, uh, people, we let pressures get to us and it steals our joy and Satan's happy. This is an example of what all of us are to do. When we have an issue, we get in the presence of the Lord and then let the Lord's presence shine upon us. Now notice, if you would, uh, Roman numeral three, uh, God reiterated the plans for the construction of the tabernacle. Now notice this, if you would, and this is important for all of us tonight. Look in chapter 36 and verse number one. Chapter 36 and verse number one. Then brought Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. They listened. Now look up in verse 30. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath, here it is, called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship. Now, I want you to understand that's supposed to happen to every God-called preacher. God calls his name. He fills him with his Spirit. He fills him with wisdom. He fills him with understanding and knowledge. And he gifts him in preaching or teaching. But understand tonight, folks, you could take that. Do you understand this guy was not a preacher? He was an engraver. He was a carpenter. He was a seamster. He was a common worker. Tonight, God's called you by name to do something. You're a teenager tonight. Well, Pastor, I don't know what he's called me to do. Well, you need to find out before you go too far down the road so you don't miss the plan of God for your life. Everybody here. And so you say, well, Pastor, I know what God's called me to do. He's called me to do this or to call me to do that. Are we doing it so when we go to work, people can see we've been in the presence of the Lord? Do we use our talents aggressively? In other words, do we work hard with it? The Bible says in Colossians that every Christian is to put his heart into his labor so that people can look at us and say, that person must be a Christian by the diligence they put into it, by the effort they put into their labors to do a good job. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number 31, look what God had done for him at the last phrase. In all manner of workmanship, God gives different people different talents. Now, 
I know I can lead music. But it's not the same as Brother Brandon and Brother Scott. They're gifted with that. Even Joseph, gifted with that. Can you learn? Yes. You can learn to be a good teacher, but God calls people to be teachers. God calls people to be in music. God calls people to be in electrical work. God calls people to be in IT. God calls people to be mothers, homemakers. He calls everybody in this room to do something for him. Notice the wording in this passage. See, verse 30, the Lord hath called him by name. Now you said, well, he's building the tabernacle. Well, maybe you're building a three-year-old Sunday school class. Well, maybe you're teaching, uh, uh, maybe you're helping out with the uh, internet around here. Or maybe you're teaching K-4 class in school. Maybe you're working for a company. God has called every one of us by name. I have something for you to do. And then notice what he does. Look here. He says, he called him and filled him with the Spirit of God, and then the filling goes into everything else in the list. In wisdom, filling and understanding, filling and knowledge, filling in all manner of workmanship. You know, there are some people that can just look at a motor and say, oh, I know this thing isn't working right. That thing's not working right. They just figure it out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay? That's a gift of God. There are some people, they just know how to cook. They're going to throw a pinch of that, a pinch of this, and it turns out, wow, that's good. It's a gift of God. All of us in the room are gifted because of the calling of God on your life. Keep, keep reading. In all manner of workmanship, to devise curious works. He could create. To work in gold and silver and brass, he was an engraver. And the cutting of stones to set them. And in carving of wood. And to make any manner of cunning work. He hath put in his heart also. Now listen to this. He hath put in his heart that he may teach. If you are good at something at home, teach it to somebody else. If you're good at yard work, teach it to somebody else. If you're good at listening and learning, teach somebody else. Here's Bezalel, and he's to teach Aholiath. God calls them both. But one of them, he's gifted with everything, and the other one, he's gifted with the right heart. Notice, if you would, in verse 34, and he hath put in his heart that he may teach. That is a gift of God. So teaching is God's gift to us. And some people are better at it than others. The Lord, knowledge, brain power. Some people have more brain power than others. It doesn't mean they're less important because the person that has maybe a little less brain power has a little more common sense because he's not so smart he gets built up with confidence. Notice if you would, Verse 35, 
Them hath he filled with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver, of the cunning workman, of the embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen, and of the weaver, that's to make the linen, even of them that do any work and of those that divine cunning work. Verse 1, then wrought Bezalel and Holiab, and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord had put wisdom. He did it for every man there. Read that. Reread it. And every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord had put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work. So God gives you a gift of, so you can know how to work all things. But we don't look at it and say, I can't even try because I don't have that gift. A lot of people don't try to improve themselves in area outside. Now, I want you to know, we have a, a, a retirement home down in, uh, with Pat Arnold's uh, retirement home. Uh, and uh, it is uh, Bobby and Nina's parents are there also. And uh, Nina's parents are there. And so we have a Bible study there. And so at the very beginning, you know, uh, people would go with me. And then pretty soon it was uh, Phyllis Lane. She plays the piano. I'm very grateful. Or, or James Callamore plays for me. Or, or, or uh, various people have gone down to play for me. Uh, uh, Miss Della Cruz has played for me. Uh, but not every time does somebody go lead to music. So, okay, let's get a song button. Number one, they're not too critical. They're pretty happy to have somebody down there. So I could miss a note, they wouldn't probably care or know it. And so I can just, just give it my best. And it works. But looking at Mr. Williams back there, or Eddie Moore, or Joe Dela Cruz, I'm not going to get up here and start winging it. I might try if I have to one time. But God has called people to help. And all I'm trying to say to you is he has called everybody's in this room your name. And he's gifted you to do certain things. Will you do it? In the ministry, not just in an occupation, but in this work where you've been called. Notice, if you would, in verse number 2. And Moses called Bezalel and Holiab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come into the work to do it. So I'll come and pull cable. I'll come and, and do this. I'll come and help move furniture. And many of you did that. And so all I'm trying to get you to understand is the work of God doesn't get done without many hands because God has called you. The question is, are you available? Do you make yourself available and say, yes, I'll help. I don't know what to do, but I'll help. Notice with me, if you would, and, and, and I want you to see in the outline, <clears throat> A, the Lord prepared people to do the work. God always prepares people to do the work. One, God called Bezalel holy up to construct and to teach how to build the tabernacle according to God's design. So God specifically called two men. He always has leaders. 
But look at all the, the supporters of those leaders. Look, if you would, in verse number 1 of 36. And every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord hath put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary, according to all that the Lord had commanded. God calls you to help serve. The question is, are you willing to expand your gifts? What can I do? That's what you should ask the Lord. Notice, if you would, in the outline, two, God gifted many people of Israel to do the work. And he's doing that today. He still hasn't stopped. He's gifted a lot of people in this church to do a lot of things. Notice, if you would, A, some were to teach how to do the work. B, others were actually perform the work. There's always a worker, B. And it doesn't mean that, hey, uh, you know, today I got a chance to do a little bit of help. Uh, I got to help lift up Brian, and I got to help lift up and, and uh, J.D. and, and uh, various ones. We got to, I think, uh, uh, let's see here, Ryan was here, and someone, David Pardee. We got to lift up these, uh, these TVs and put them in the back, way up there on the top. Uh, it, it took five. Okay, can somebody lift? Anybody know how to lift? Well, we lifted it up, and it worked. All I'm trying to say to you is, look, notice, B, others were actually to perform the work. Certain times, that's all of us to perform the work, to work in the nursery, to play the piano, to be in the orchestra, to perform the work. Notice the next one. They all, C, had to yield their lives and hearts to do the work for God. This is still the case today. All of them had to yield. All of them had to say, okay. Notice in verse 4 of 36, and all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work, which they made. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stop doing what we're doing, and we'll come in and help do the things of God. They had a job. They had farm fields to, to farm. But they came in and helped. They had sheep to take care of, but they came in and helped. Notice, if you would, B, the people also generously gave the materials needed for the work. God asked for that. And notice, I want you to notice this. One, they brought their gifts willingly. Look at 35, 21. Look at verse 21 of chapter 35. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up and everyone whose Spirit, whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for all the holy garments. Now look, if you would, I want you to notice this. They gave willingly. There's a reason why I haven't preached a whole sermon on tithing in 34 years. Not because it's not important. When there's a passage of Scripture, First, Second Corinthians 9, Malachi 3, you, you, you pick the passages, then we're going to go over it. And there's times we teach the uh, new members class, we teach that. New converse class, we teach that. Because it's important for your benefit. But I want you to notice this. Um, willingly is critical. It, it, I don't want it to be that you're under pressure. We've got to have your money because we're trying to build a gym. We've got to have your money because we're trying to build this. We've got to have your money because we're trying to do this or that. The, if everybody does their part, the Lord has plenty. Look, if you would, in verse number 7. 
chapter four, verse number five of chapter 36. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work. Hey, they brought enough. Look at verse 7. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. Why? They gave willingly. And folks, tonight, I want you to serve willingly. I want you to give willingly. I want you to love your wife willingly, your husband willingly your parents willingly. Willingness is important to God in everything that you do. I do understand sometimes you're, 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 you're weighted down and you're pushing to try to get through, and it's sometimes duty. But it can't be duty long because that breaks us. Notice not only willingly, but number two, they gave their best. You don't have to turn there, but they gave the best they had. They had some of them had beautiful jewelry. They took it and gave it to the Lord. In other words, they sacrificed. Notice number three, they gave more than was needed. Uh, you can see in verse seven, we already read it. They gave where it says it was too much. And so tonight, if you and I do our part, if the church family does their part, if everybody gives their part, there'll be more than enough because God will see to it. Now, it ought to be willingly, it ought to be your best, and it will be enough. Now, notice with me, if you would, see in the outline. When the tabernacle was finished, now this was the goal. When the tabernacle was finished, God's presence filled the tabernacle. God finally, really, for the first time, dwelt among man. If you have your Bible, turn me, if you would, to Exodus 40. I want you to see this. Exodus 40, look in verse 33. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. Moses finished the work. Now understand, Moses got the credit, but he didn't do it. Bezalel did it. Aholiab did it. And a whole lot more people did it. But Moses got the credit because he was the one God instructed and said, this is what I want you to do. It's always that way. But I want you to notice what happened. Look in verse 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You want to know why? Because everybody did their part. And if you get in the presence of the Lord, when we all come into this place individually, the Spirit of the Lord will fill this place. We need you. I need you. The Lord needs you to walk in His presence. So when you come in here, the melody of singing lifts the roof. And the Lord says, I love that place. And he fills this place with his spirit. Notice with me, if you would, verse 35. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Notice, if you would, in the outline, <laughs> D, God led them all the way to the promised land. Now, they didn't go in because they didn't have faith. They didn't listen, learn, and win. They listened. They didn't listen. They didn't learn, and they lost everything. Their children went in, but not them. Now, notice, if you would, verse number 38. Excuse me, verse 36. And when the cloud was taken up from the, over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then the journey not 
until the day that it was taken up. Wouldn't it be nice to say, I'll only, when the Lord uh, has a a cloud above this uh, this place, we'll all move. We'll all go follow it. Uh, But but when the Lord brings it back, we'll, we'll stay right here. They had a visible guide. You and I have better than that. We have a guide in our heart called the Holy Spirit that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Will we listen to him? Will we learn from him? We have a copy of God's word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Will we learn from it? So that we can gain everything instead of losing everything. Notice, he too, see in the outline, he too will lead us if we live in his presence. I I just want you to notice verse 38. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was upon it by night, and the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. God will lead all of us if we will walk with him, live in his presence. Tonight, I want so much for all of you to have the blessing of God upon your life. But you're the only one that can acquire that. By listening to God, learning from His Word, and longing for Him, loving Him. Tonight, do you love Him? Have you grown? Are you better this year than you were last year? My encouragement to you is look back and say, I want to be in His presence. Let your face, your countenance, your spirit tell the world, I spent time with God today. It will make a difference. Let's bow our heads forward to prayer this, this evening. I'm going to ask the pianist to come play a verse of invitation hymn. I ask that you'd stay in here in the auditorium and pray with us in a few minutes. There's some really important prayer requests on the list. Uh, I ask you to just take a few minutes and pray. When you're finished praying, slip to the lobby. And thank you for coming tonight. We're going to have a word of prayer. If you need to come to this altar and just talk with the Lord, I encourage you to do that. Folks, tonight... Let's let the joy of the Lord be our strength. Father, speak to hearts tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. If you need to come tonight, you come kneel at this altar and say, Lord, I just want to talk to you. Just a moment, we'll go to prayer. And I'd ask that you would take that prayer list. And if the Lord's burdened your heart to pray for somebody, to intercede for somebody at your office, your neighborhood, in your family. Lift them up tonight. Let's go to prayer tonight. If you need to come pray, you continue on. We're going to go to prayer. And when you're finished praying, slip to the lobby. Encourage one another in the Lord. May the Lord bless you. Thanks for coming tonight.